Welcome to the Free Bhutas Network. Hi, this is Devin Turek with the Free Bhutas Network. Today we bring you another episode of 40K Radio. In this episode, the hosts dive deep into Codex Tyranids. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to 40K Radio. Hello and welcome to another episode of 40K Radio. I am one of your hosts, Matt Alex. With me as always is JF. Hello, Matt. Hello, dear listeners. How you doing, dude? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm fine. You can talk to <laughs> Ashley now. <laughs> and Ashley. <laughs> Hi, guys. And today, hey, Ashley. we're going to take a look at the Tyranid Codex. Ashley has a copy, so we're, Jeff and I are probably mostly Jeff because he has Tyranids, but we're going to sort of interrogate her about the Codex and find out what's going on there. Talk about the latest news from DW, 40K related, and as always, talk about what we've been doing lately hobby-wise. So today we're going to start with Ashley. Ashley, have you gotten, been able to do anything with all your studying for financial exams um i've looked at this codex you're welcome <laughs> excellent so she's prepared That's, for today I'm, I'm i'm trying to be prepared um but we'll see what we can do i hope you guys ask good questions i'm gonna ask questions yeah jury's gonna, gonna be out on whether they're good or not yeah we'll see how, how good they are but <laughs> Didn't have a chance to put any more models together or anything for your army? No. I actually had to put some of the hobby stuff away for cleaning and reorganizing purposes um, because my table is now ordered. Sweet. Yeah, so I will hopefully be receiving my my table in February, um, or like like mid-February hopefully, which is... You know, is a bit a bit away from now, but the problem is, is that I have to rearrange literally my entire apartment um, to make room <laughs> for it. So I started some preparations, which unfortunately it's going where the hobby table is now. Oh, okay. So all the hobby stuff has to move, all the paints have to move, all the models have to move, um, and they're going into the location where my current dining room table is, which will eventually be sold or given away and then I'll have a giant painting table there. I cannot, or a giant gaming table. I cannot wait to try it out. I'm so excited, but it's it's been a process trying to sort of like map out where everything's going to move because pretty much everything is moving at least a little bit. If there's one thing a hobbyist fears, it's the reorganization project. Yeah, it's more, I'm, I've been spending more time on that than actually hobbying, which is disappointing, but Eventually, it's going to mean I'll have more hobbying time because I won't have to hike out to my local game store as often. And what's nice about that is, you know, I have some, you know, friends who live nearby, but we drive the 45 minutes out to the game store. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, so you know, over your house instead. Yeah, we just come over to my place and, and play games instead. So it's going to be great. I'm going to really enjoy having it once I get it. Nice. Well, Jeff, how about you? Tau. Uh, I've been putting to, together. Yeah, I've been putting together some Tau um, for a project that I'm working on that I'm not going to reveal Intriguing. because it'll be cooler if I don't. 
<laughs> I mean, you guys know what it's about. Yeah. Well, now I can say it's it's for the uh, for, for the best event in the world. Um, that is the Warhammer 40k friendly tournament at Adepticon this uh, this coming spring. And uh, I'm I don't want to say I'm feverishly building them because it's taken a while. Um, I'm putting together a ghost kill right now, just looking at what my conversion options are. Because I want them to have a certain look, but I don't want to spend like too much time converting. So it's really like I just want to figure out a good, cool position that's evocative of the theme I'm going for without having to re-sculpt and cast pieces and this and that and yeah, everything above. Because I, I still have my team tournament army to do, and that's that's going to be a well, not going to be. It is already kind of like its own thing. So. Yeah, no, I want to be want to be careful about this. So I've been building Tau in a uh, careful and gentle manner. So with everything you get going in the in the time frame, sounds like you're right on track for for finishing uh, the night before the tournament. Shut up, Matt. As as always. <laughs> That's just the way it goes. Nope. <laughs> Actually, to, to and I don't want to brag, but last year I did not have to finish anything except um, except glue some things on bases and repair travel damage. That's so good. there. That's good. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a responsible adult. <laughs> have you had a chance Plus. to play any more games? Um, did I? I don't think I did. Or if I did, it was a wholly unremarkable game. <laughs> oh no, I did play a game. I. I don't know if I told you guys that if we recorded since then, but I played a game of, um, I can't even remember the army I was playing. All I remember is I got raffle stomped by some Codex Aldar when I was playing Index something. Yes, Index Tau and uh, oh, okay. the, the Codex Eldar. Um, oof. <laughs> oh, there's an abyss behind uh, between the Index stuff and the Codex stuff, isn't there? Yes. Ooh la la. It seems that way. <laughs> it uh, it hurt me. So no, um, so yeah, it, it was still a fun game. I played played against my brother, um, who uh, basically showed up the morning the uh, the, the 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 Codex Eldar had come out uh, with a brand spanking new list, still doing adjustments as I was putting the table together so we could play, and then proceeded to just massacre me. Um, I. <laughs> I brought a pulse rifle to a um, to a race cannon fight, oh boy. so to speak. <laughs> so it didn't go well at all. Um, so yeah, no, I'm 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 looking forward to this weekend when I'll be doing the exact same thing he did, except pulling out um, Codex Tyranid and hoping that he either like I'm I'm kind of hoping for a rematch that he does play Eldar again, but the cruel part of me kind of wants him to bring his Necrons for once. <laughs> Been eager to play against his Necrons for a while, and but now it not only would it just be an index list, but it's also Necron co, uh, Necron models from an edition or two ago. So he, there's a lot of cooler, newer stuff that he doesn't even have. Oh wow! I would crush him. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I suppose he's probably going to play the Eldar. Yeah. He'll stick with them until Codex Necrons comes out, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Might not be that long at the rate they're putting them out. Yeah. 
Wars. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we're probably going to talk a bit about that. But first, Matt, you've been building stuff. Have you been busy? Hey, what's your guilt trip like? <laughs> so I, uh, I'm still working on my painting my Death Watch up. Um, but I did get to play a game against my friends, White Scars. Uh, I played Harlequins. We did a smaller game, a thousand points. Uh, but that went well for me because I had a bunch of strength five weapons, which sort of hurts the biggest advantage of white scars is their bikes. Um, mm. So I did manage to pull that one out in the end. That was a really, it was a fun game though. I just wanted to try something different. So I pulled my Harlequins out and messed around with them. Even without the, an actual codex, they, they do okay right now. We'll have to see what changes. Um, but that's really been it for me. Uh, I did pick up in uh, GW-related news. I have uh, Shade Spire and the two expansions for it, so I've been messing around with those a little bit, enjoying that. But um, only the one game of 40K for me. I've heard some absolutely excellent things about Shade Spire. Yeah, I think it's, you know, the game itself plays fairly quick, but the real strategy is in the, the deck-building component, right? And... Um, or a lot of it is anyway, so you can spend a lot of time thinking about that, but when you sit down and play, no matter what, I mean, it really only does seem to take about half an hour to play through the game, so. And it's a lot of fun. It's quick. That's that's the nice thing. It's almost at that point where it's just, it could be a filler game, you know? Hmm. Might be a good entry point for me into Age of Sigmar, because I keep eyeing Age of Sigmar like a, um, like a slice of cake on diet night. <laughs> Um, like, I know I want it, but I, I, I really shouldn't. I mean, really shouldn't. Like, yeah, yeah. Oof, go straight to my hips. Um, <laughs> well, they, they do. I, every force does have a war scroll. You temptress. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm probably going to look into it. But I, I know next to nothing about Chase Power because whenever there's something that is a bit too much, like, a, you know, a, a hint of frosting on the side of my plate, I try not to lick at it just in case you yeah, tempt yeah. me to order the actual, the actual cake. Um, but that the way you're describing it, as, it does seem like a very easy point of entry. Oh, it definitely is. And, um, and they just announced that their next faction will be the Skaven, which is going to be out in the beginning of 2016, uh, 2018. So we'll see those guys pretty soon. Uh, and also, going along with announcements, we actually found out what our last two codexes are going to be for the year. We did. We did. We also know our first codex of next year. We do. I'm so out of the loop. You guys got to tell me. So the last two for <gasps> the year are the Angels of Death. We're going to get Blood Angels and Dark Angels. Oh, nice. I just want to point out, I don't know if the internet's picked up on that yet because I haven't been doing my reading. And I, I'm very curious if Games Workshop's doing it on purpose. And if they are, they are glorious idiots, and I love them for it. But these are basically the red and green in the holiday time yeah, for, the holiday for time. Christmas. <laughs> I'm, sh I'm sure somebody noticed. There are a bunch of clever people over there. There has to be someone else that noticed this. Yeah, I'm yeah. not that smart. I'm not even borderline smart and i noticed it but i haven't seen anything about it yet i, I figured there'd be like memes all over the place but no <laughs> so those should be out for december like we were saying for the holiday season and our first codex of next year is the new chaos demons codex Ooh. 
So which we... I I know exactly what I'll be playing against with my Tyranids <laughs> first thing next year, and it's going to be pretty much a revenge scenario on my brother's part. <laughs> so we got the next three. That leaves just a few left, right? Orcs, Tyranid, Orcs, uh, Necrons, Tau, Harlequins, Harlequin. Dark Eldar. Sisters of Battle? Don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. Space Wolves, though. For those yeah. To you. Mm-hmm. yeah. But more importantly, new faction, right? That's what we're still hoping for? Yeah, we're still hoping to see something new. I feel like... I still feel like something new is going to be after they do everything. Like, maybe next summer, you know what I mean? It just seems to make more sense to do it that way. Uh, yeah, we'll I, I kind know. of understand that because, you know, they'll want everybody to get their their codexes back and then surprise them with the new hotness. Yeah. And also, going up for pre-order the weekend after recording is Necromunda. Yeah, so excited. Looks really cool, so unlike the old Necromunda, there will be, the looks like the box comes with rules for fighting like in the sort of sewers and, and catacombs under the hive, and then you can actually get the uh, gang war book that will have rules for fighting, you know, just in like how it used to be, just on like a 4x4 four four tabletop with a bunch of terrain. So a lot of new terrain kits in conjunction with Necromunda too. Yeah, and they look great. Yeah, the bulkheads and the, the, like, the plasma generators and all that kind of stuff. Just all this super awesome industrial kind of stuff yeah. that just... And fits, I, I, it's great. I just love it. Fits right in with the stuff from Shadow War Armageddon as well, so mm-hmm. easy to expand. And that, and they have a box of just uh, uh just ruins too, which is um something they didn't really have before. It looks like a lot uh, a large number of lower height ruins is what I mean. So looks pretty cool. You can see all that terrain. Always always love the DW terrain because there's a lot a lot of detail on those. Um, all right, well, let's take a look at the Tyranid Codex. Ashley and Jeff, mm-hmm. of course, very excited being Tyranid players for the Tyranid Codex. I am very excited about it. I gotta say, this is the first new Codex I've actually, like, touched, and I really like it. It's very good quality. It's, I think, a little bit nicer than the previous edition Codexes. Um, it's a hardback, um... And I really like it. And I got to say, so the what the very first thing that I noticed when I opened it was the absolutely extraordinary little piece of art on the very first page. It's this super gross Tyranid, and it's kind of got this like galaxy kind of paint job on his like head, and he's got all these little hormigons underneath him. Um, Anyway, it's just a fantastic piece of art, and everybody should check it out because it's really, really great. It's very, it's like the very essence of Tyranity. But I like the the galaxy color, you know, kind of color scheme on him because it really emphasizes, I guess, the sort of they're coming out of the darkness for <laughs> you and everyone else. And uh, lots of um, lots of fluff in the beginning, right? Yeah, there's lots of really good stuff in the beginning. Um, I particularly like that they sort of summarized a little bit of what happened on Ball. 
which oh, was nice. Yeah, from the Shield the Ball campaign from last edition. Yeah, yeah. So kind of, you know, wrapped that up a little bit, brought, you know, brought that up into like a nice little condensed kind of version. Um, there's stuff on the various new high fleets. There's a little bit on the first Tyrannic War. There's um, some some stuff on Yandin. They do the second Tyrannic War. Um and then obviously, and then there's the stuff on Ball I just talked about, and it goes through all these little different um, excursions that we've sort of had excursions, <laughs> encounters that we've had with Tyranids, you know, across the various bits of fluff in the past, and it's it's really good. They also have this absolutely fantastic map um, about a quarter of the way into the book that shows the various Tyranid incursion locations. Um, and it's really interesting. Just, I just, I always like the maps. I like them a lot. Um, cause it's, you know, shows you where Terra and Mars are. And then you've got all of the surrounding areas and you can basically see that the Tyranids are coming in from most sides. Like they're just, they've got just the galaxy happen. mostly surrounded. Mostly. Yeah. Mostly surrounded. <laughs> Um, and you know, it's just, it's, um, it's not going to be good for us. It's not going to be good for us at all. Well, it depends. As far as I'm concerned, us as the Terran heads. Right. All right that's, that's fair. That's well, yeah. us as, us as human beings are not going to have a great time. Eh, undue concern. <laughs> <laughs> so space Marines have chapters. Eldar have craft worlds. What is it? The Tyranians get in their codex. They have high fleets, yo. Okay, but what do they do? Oh, well, okay. So so each of the... I, I mean, I guess, um, if you want to be specific. So they each have... If I can find it again. Um, did I skip it? I'm a little confused about the order of the book because it's the new setup and I'm still a little ingrained into the old way. Um, and so some of the things I keep... I feel like I'm missing here. Um, those are the actual rules. I'm really disappointed, I have to say, that they still are only including power and not points on the data sheets. Boo. Yeah, boo, still in the back. Boo, boo. Yeah, it's still dumb. Um, so there are seven high fleets. Yes, because I can count. Um, and they each have a different adaptation. So, um, for, you want me to just, you, you guys want to know what, what they all are? You want me to know what my favorite is? What what do you want here? What's your favorite mm -hmm. one of them? Um, I kind of like the High Fleet Hydra. You can reroll hits in the fight phase for units with this adaptation that contain fewer models than their own. So, that's always nice. When you're sort, because it's you know it's sort of like the the swarm effect. They call it swarming instincts, but you know it's you know it kind so, of plays strongly to the the swarm behavior that we're also fond of in yeah. the Tyranids. So as long as your unit has more models than your enemy's unit, you get to reroll your hits. Your enemy unit contains fewer models than your own. Right, right, yeah. So your the enemy unit has less models than your unit. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Yep. Cool. So I like that one a lot. Um, I think that the, um, 
Behemoth is pretty cool. You can reroll failed charge rolls um, for those units, which is nice. Um, you can, and for Gorgon, you can reroll wounds of one in the fight phase, which is nice. Leviathan has some synapsy stuff that's pretty neat. Um, whenever a, a unit loses a wound in within six inches of a synapse unit, um, they can ignore the damage on a six if they roll a d6, and they don't lose that wound. Interesting. Yeah, so you know it's a nice little way to occasionally ignore a wound. <laughs> not like a you know not like a huge deal, but um, I really think I might be playing a high fleet hydra because I really like the whole swarming instincts thing. It's you know it's just super nitty. I gotta admit it fits with the it, it's what fits the best with my collection right now. Well, and yeah, yeah, you know it really does for me too. Just in terms of I wanted a lot of everything. And I like that it encourages the horde playstyle, right? Just the huge swarms of of mm-hmm. gaunts or um, gargoyles or you know hormigons, whatever you want to take. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, there's already a lot of incentive to use large units for Terranids. They get bonuses. GCRs get bonuses above ten. Mm-hmm. Gaunts get bonuses above twenty. So all the more reason to have those swarms, and now you get an extra thing from your hype fleet. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm all in. I like too um, the High Fleet Kraken. They can roll three dice instead of one and pick the highest um, for their move characteristics. For when they, advance. when they, when they, yeah, when they do advancing, um, and then they can also fall back and charge in the same turn, which is nice. So it makes them a little bit quicker. Um, and a little, a little bit more kind of, yeah, I guess quicker is really the word I wanted there. <laughs> Very cool. So it, it's good to see that, you know, they were able to sort of give you some options to differentiate your army. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume they have the objective secured rule for all their troops like everybody else does. I didn't see anything that's, I specifically remember mentioning that. I think it's it's probably in there somewhere. Only because I mean they have that blanket rule that everybody has that. It's not it's not called objective secured. They give it some mm-hmm. other name. But um now you've got relics and warlord traits specific to Tyranids in there as well. We do. What what was some of your favorite relics that they had? Um I'm on the Warlord Traits page. Let's talk about the Warlord yeah, go Traits. For it. <laughs> I'm just sort of flipping around. So do, do um, they have a high fleet specific Warlord Traits? No. So okay. so you – oh, wait. Yeah, they do. They're right here. Okay. That's great. I'm glad that you know I'm reading. Um, <laughs> this is the very, very last page of the book. Um, I obviously didn't read that part super carefully. Um, so there are, in fact um, – Specific high fleet warlord traits. So instead of rolling for one, you can use this one for your high fleet. Um, ooh, that's cool. So for high fleet hydra, which is apparently where I'm where I'm going with this, at the beginning of each of your turns, roll a dice for each wound that your warlord has lost. For each roll of a six, your warlord regains a wound lost earlier in the battle. That's pretty handy. Oh, so it's kind of get like a regeneration. Yeah, that's pretty handy. Um, ooh, for Leviathan, once per 
once per battle round, you can re-roll a single hit roll, wound roll, damage roll, advance roll, charge roll, or saving throw made for your warlord. Cool. That's pretty good. I like that a lot. Any other ones that jump out at you? Um, let's see. Ooh, High Fleet Gorgon. At the end of the fight phase, roll a d6 for each enemy unit within one inch of the warlord. On a four up, that unit suffers a mortal wound. That's a pretty, that's nice, pretty, <laughs> that's a pretty nice way to kind of help protect your warlord. So if people get too close to him, they get dinged anyway. That's pretty good. Or if your warlord is just going to be in the middle of the enemy, cutting them down anyway. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Behemoth is pretty good too. Each time you make a wound roll of six up for the warlord in that fight phase, that attack inflicts one additional damage. So that's pretty nice, just piling nice. on there. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. And then they have um, a couple of named characters who have specific warlord traits that they must take. Oh, so what do, what do you have for named characters in the Tyranid Codex? Oh, the usual, the Swarm Lord, Old One-Eye, Death Leaper, and the Red Terror. Gotcha. So they have specific warlord traits that they'll take, and they look like they're all from the regular warlord trait. Yeah, they are. Yeah, so they all are all from the regular war traits thing. Um, the Swarm Lord automatically gets Alien Cunning, which at the start of the, the first battle round before the turn begins, you can remove your Warlord from the battlefield and set him up again. If both players have units that can do that, they roll off to see um, who sets up their unit first. So that's pretty fancy for the Swarm Lord. Old One-Eye has Adaptive Biology, which... Let's him... Oh, interesting. It says, From the end of the first phase in which the Warlord suffers any wounds, for the remainder of the battle, when inflicting damage upon the Warlord, reduce the damage of that attack by one to a minimum of one. That's cool. Interesting. Old One-Eye is great. He, uh, he's one of my favorites. But I do also De- really like Death Leaper. What's that? I was going to say, with the some of the, the, the changes and additions that they've done to Carnifex, Old One-Eye and a bunch of Carnifex just sounds like a fun thing to run. <laughs> Doesn't it? Yes. Um, so Death Leaper, if he ever gets a new model, I'll buy 12. Um, he um, gets Mind Eater. And it says, every time the Warlord slays an enemy character in the fight phase, choose a friendly high fleet unit within three inches. At the end of the phase, that unit can move and advance, if you wish, as if it was your movement phase. Oh, that's That's pretty good. I don't know how often that would come into play, only because it says it has to be within three inches. Hmm. And you may not always have somebody within three inches of the Warlord, um, but that would be an awfully good reason to keep someone within three inches of the Death Leaper. <laughs> Um, and then the Red Terror, he has Heightened Senses, which says your Warlord never suffers, suffers any penalties to their to roll hits, although they still only hit on rolls of six when firing Overwatch. That's all right, I guess. Not great. Hmm. Ooh. I like this one in particular. So this is one of the other regular Warlord traits. Um, it's synaptic linchpin. You add six inches to the range of the warlord's synapse ability. That is hot to trot. So how does synapse work in the codex now? I, I assume it's slightly different from the index. Uh, it's a good question. I did not oh, did not specifically 
take a peek at that. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Synapse, synapse, synapse. Got so distracted by all the pretty artwork, I didn't do a ton of reading to refresh here. So let's see, synapse creatures. Ooh, but I would like to tell you guys all to check out something very cool. So if you get the Tyranid Conex, and you're looking at the synapse when? creatures. When? When? Well, when I get when, no sorry, when. Go to go to page 52 and read about the zoanthropes and the neurothropes. And you'll notice at the bottom, it mentions the Doom of Malantai. And among other things, it mentions that it is a adaptation of the zoanthrope. And gives you a little history about the uh, Doom. Interesting. Now, there is there is no model or rules, which is a bummer because... I was secretly hoping that was going to happen because <laughs> everyone loves the Doom, but I'm sorry, no one loves the Doom except Tyranid players. <laughs> um, but it's just a it's just a neat little bit of um, information about the Doom of the Mountain. So if you're uh, if you should you should all check that out and read it. I don't want to I don't want to spoil it for everyone, but it's just a neat little bit um, that I found while I was perusing the rules. Let's see here. This is all that goes through and talks about um, each of the various high fleets. It's got some nice color schemes in here for various ones. This is all just the history and stuff. I guess so I'll have to figure it's, it's out probably under stuff later. the actual model. There's some really great new art in here that I haven't seen before. I'm really pleased. Lots and lots of different um, high fleet colors, too. So it's not just everything is high fleet behemoth. Or Leviathan. So lots of good examples of color schemes and stuff. That's yeah, cool. yeah, they have That's lots good. of nice stuff. And they actually have um, quite a few um, images of painted models in various color schemes, which is great. Um, now, obviously, the majority of it is Leviathan because that's mostly what they have um, painted up for the studio. But yeah. there's a lot of other stuff, too. So let's see. We've got a bit of this. We do have a question at some point. When, when we're done with synapse. Okay. So it just says, high fleet units automatically pass morale tests if they're 12 inches, within 12 inches of any friendly high fleet unit with that ability. Okay. So it, it good helps you, helps you guys stick around, mm -hmm. which is nice. Now, is, um, is instinctive behavior still a thing? It is. It is just under that. It says, unless a high fleet unit with this ability the instinctive behavior, is within 24 inches of any friendly synapse unit. You must subtract one from any hit rolls made for it when shooting any target other than the nearest visible enemy unit. And you must subtract two from its charge roll if it declares a charge against any other unit other than the nearest enemy unit. So, pretty similar. Yeah, that's a little better than before. Uh, in the index, it was you had to... You could only fight or charge the nearest units. So yeah, you least, had to. It was yeah, not so optional. Yeah, you have the option. Yeah, so you get a little bit of a penalty, um, but it's not terrible. And it's it's not as restrictive right. as it used to be either, so I think it'll work out all right. You had a question, lots, JF? Lots of stuff. Yeah, what you got, JF? Gargoyles. Have they changed? If so, Gargoyles. How? Gargoyles. Why is everything in this in a slightly different order? Haha, <laughs> gargoyles. Gargoyles on the page with a giant picture of a hive tyrant. Oh, and little gargoyles. There they are. Ooh, two, two. So they are three power, which is lame. Um, because it doesn't tell me how many points it is. 
So you can still have a unit of 30. Hooray. They've got instinctive behavior. They have hail of limbing ammunition, which lets you re-roll, re-roll wound rolls of one when they shoot if there's 20 or more models in the unit. That makes them super shooty. And they have swooping assault. During deployment, you can set up this unit to cling to an airborne harridan instead of placing them on the battlefield. At the end of any of your movement phases, this unit can swoop down from above, set them up anywhere on the battlefield that is more than nine inches away from any enemy models. Hmm. So in case you were looking for something to do with your harridan, JF. Well, the problem with that is that the harridan has that rule for one unit, so it now it feels redundant. I Ooh, interesting. Does it still in the new edition have that? Because they oh, just got I did the, not they check. just got That's the new they, they just got the new thingy um in September, August or September. I did not check. I'm going to have to verify. I did see that there was a, that an update kind of pushed itself onto my iPad, but I didn't really mm. verify. Well, mm, so there you point. go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are still pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. I'll have lots of those. <laughs> yeah. This, I, I mean, you have a Harridan, you need to get a bunch of, of gargoyles. It's, it's the theme. Oh, I have a bunch of gargoyles. I think I've got... I want to say 40, but I want more. Yeah, I've got 20 painted with a box, another box of 10 ready to go. And I want three units of 30 total. So I still have a ways to go, but once I get there. I was thinking about three units of 20, but two units of 30 also sounds nice. What other questions do you guys have? Psychic powers. Psychic they powers. have six now, I'm assuming, as everybody else was getting psychic powers. I want to know what they are. Didn't we? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Did we talk about that already? We talked about the Warlord stuff. Talked about their High Fleet adaptations. Um, aha, the Hive Mind Discipline. So they've got a handful of, of interesting things here. Um they have Dominion, which is, um, it says, if manifested, select a friendly Tyranids unit within 36 inches of the Psyker that has the instinctive behavior ability. Until the end of your next Psychic phase, this unit ignores its instinctive behavior ability and automatically passes morale tests. So that's nice. Yeah. You can, sort of, can sort of mitigate some of those issues that we were talking about before. Hmm. But then again, if they're in synapse range, they get that automatically anyway. So. Right, but if they're but this has a range of 36 inches. So, so it's basically to save that one unit that's too far out. Yeah, so it'll help you um, if you have somebody who got out of synapse. So maybe you know a unit died, a synaptic unit died or something, and one of the nearby units is no longer in synapse. That's a good way to kind of help you make sure you can still what you want, still do what you want to do. Um, while also being able to bring them in back into synapse later. So I think that's pretty useful. No, I, I can definitely see when uh, it comes in handy, especially since one of the problems I've had with my psychers when playing Tyranids is that often I have psychers who can still cast, but I'm out of psychic powers to cast. 
So having one of my one of my HQs, one of my psychers have that 36 inch range is huge. So I don't need to worry about the positioning, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a good thing to have whenever I you know in a clutch. Mm-hmm. There's also the horror, which is a warp charge value of six. If it's manifested, you can select a unit within 24 inches of the psyker, but they have to be able to see it. And until the start of your next psychic phase, that unit um, must subtract one from their to-hit rolls and one from their leadership characteristic. So that makes them a little bit easier to kill, which is nice. I'm sorry. Makes them a little bit harder to kill you. Well, yeah, the subtract one from their leadership is an interesting thing, too. Yeah, because, you know, there's a lot of us and there's a few of them. So they're more likely to run away because it's scary. And um, I'm really digging Psychic Scream. If manifested, the nearest enemy unit within 18 inches suffers D3 mortal wounds. In addition, if that unit is a Psyker, roll two dice. If the result is higher than the leader, their leadership characteristic, randomly select one of their Psychic powers. They can no longer use that Psychic power. Bom, yes. bom, bom. So I feel like Psychic Stream is going to get a lot of use. <laughs> Because there are just certain psychic powers that you're just like, you know, I don't want to deal with this anymore. True. Although it is it, it is random, so that helps that helps still, the opposing the opposing player quite a bit. The the nice the nice thing about it too is that you can cast that and cast smite. Right. So I basically believe so. Unless there's anything in the rules that say say differently, that gives that that psyker two smites if necessary, and one of those smites can take something. Uh, mm-hmm. can take a psychic power away. Because my first thought, whenever I see something that is psycher specific, that, oh, well, I'm never going to use that against Tau. But mm-hmm. having two smites on the same character? Yeah, I'll use that against Tau. I'll use that against everything. That's fun. They also have some pretty fun um, stratagems. Like what? Which I like. Um, so there's a couple that are specific to Lictors that I like, um, mostly because I like Lictors. Um this one is feeder tendrils. It says, use this stratagem when a gene stealer, lictor, toxicrine, or venom throw up in your army, kills a character in the fight phase. Gain D3 command points. Oh, wow. That only cost you one. So that's pretty good. Oh, yeah. I think I read that in one of the previews, and I was very excited. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think the, uh, the Skitar, not Skitari, but the Admech have something similar where they can use uh, a tactical... Uh, basically, use a command point to potentially generate more command point as a reaction mm-hmm. to other, another the other army's uh, behavior. It's and I, I love that. I love that because there's so many of these uh, these these tactics that um, these stratagems that you want to be able to use as often as possible. But if you only have like six, seven points, you run out pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. There's one. There's another one. Invisible hunter. This is one command point. Use this stratagem in your movement phase. Select a lictor from your army that is within one inch of an enemy unit. This model, That model can fall back, shoot, and charge this turn, which is pretty nice. Go lictors. Now, there's one um, like Psychic Maelstrom or something like that, right? Psychic Maelstrom. Let's see. There's a fair number of these. <clears throat> it was in their preview. I forget what it's called, but it looked pretty awesome. Well, they're one of their... Power is a psychic scream. Are you not? No, it um. <clears throat> psychic barrage. Maybe yeah, that's it. 
Okay, that's their very first one on the list. It's only one command point. It says, use this stratagem in your psychic phase. If, um, if a Zoanthropes unit from your army consisting of at least three models is within six inches of two other such units. If you do so, the Zoanthropes cannot take any psychic tests this phase. Instead, select a point on the battlefield within 18 inches of and visible to all three units. Roll a dice for each unit, friend or foe, within three inches of that point. Add one to the result of the unit being rolled for rolled for that has 10 or more models, but subtract one if the unit being rolled for is a character. On a four up, that unit suffers D 3d3 mortal wounds. Yeah, so against like a horde army, like Imperial Guard or something. Oh, Zoanthropes are, are, are so mean. It's so wonderful. I'm just going to have an entire army of gargoyles and zoanthropes and lictors. <laughs> I don't need anything else, right? No. I don't think so. Oh, there's another one that's pretty good, too. Adrenaline Surge. This one has three command points. It says, use this stratagem at the end of the fight phase. Select a Tyranids unit from your army. That unit can immediately fight again. A lot of the um, codexes have that. Like, the Space Room one has the same thing. It's called... Uh, I think it's honor the chapter or for the chapter or something like that, but they get to fight mm-hmm. at the end of the phase. So it's nice to see that in some ways, things like that that could be very powerful at least appear in every codex. Mm-hmm. They also have some stratagems that are specific to certain high fleets, which is fun. So, for example, um, they have brute force, which is a behemoth stratagem. Use this stratagem when a behemoth unit from your army completes a charge move. Roll a dice for each model in the charging unit that is within one inches of an enemy unit. For each roll of a six or two up for a monster, inflict one mortal wound on an enemy unit within one inch. So they're just like flailing around, smacking shit with all the tendrils. Did you say on a two up for a monster? Yes, I did. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty good, right? Um, That all kind of effects army just keeps sounding better. I know. And um, there's also one for um, – now this is – you can use it on others or for any Hydra infantry unit. So if you have a non-Hydra uh, unit, you can use it on Termagants, Hormagants, or Gargoyles. And it says, use this strategy at the end of your movement place. Select a unit of Termagants, Hormagants, or Gargoyles, or any Hydra infantry unit from your army that has been completely destroyed. Add an identical army to – an identical unit to your army and set it up as reinforcements wholly within six inches of any board edge more than nine inches from any enemy models. Blam. It's called Endless Swarm. It's basically, screw you, we're not really dead. And it's only two command points. Two command points. That's pretty cool. Is there like a limit on how many times you can use that? Uh, No, it doesn't say that. So I'm going with as many times as you have command points. Remember, it's, remember it's, um, FU. it's once stratagems are once per phase, though. So sure, okay, so fair enough. Yeah. So you could only do it once per once that phase, but I don't think that there is any limit on the number of times total right. you could use it for the game. But that one makes me super happy, and is just another column in the High Fleet Hydra win column for me. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And doesn't say anything about having it to be reinforcement points or anything, huh? Interesting. None of that. So the, the flavor text underneath it is nice. The swarms of the Hydra are numberless. Kill one organism and two more will take its place. <laughs> so that's nice. 
as they're coming nice. for you. Any cool like unit changes or anything that you noticed while you were looking through the codex or um nothing significant that I noticed, but I also didn't spend a ton of time looking at it against the index because I brought the codex on the train and I didn't bring the index on the train. So I just sort of was looking at it cold without the index. So I didn't yeah. notice anything. I didn't notice anything specific, but I also haven't played with a lot of these units. So a lot of them are still unfamiliar to me in terms of rules. What are some of the uh, the relics that the Tyranids have? The bio-artifacts of the Tyranids are symbiotic organisms of astonishing complexity and rarity, objects of shattering power that can turn the tide of a battle in an instant. Spawned by the hive mind for the sole purpose of ensuring the galaxy's doom, each of these dread creations has sown the death of countless worlds. That's pretty good. <clears throat> so let's see, we've got... Hmm, fancy scythes, let's see... The Scythes of Tyran, Melee Weapon, Strength plus 1, AP minus 3, D3. That's pretty good. This model can make one additional attack with this weapon each time it fights. In addition, each time you make a roll, a hit roll of 6 plus for this weapon, you can make an additional hit roll. These additional hit rolls cannot generate additional further hit rolls. Well, that's no fun. Just a cascade of 6 ups. To completely obliterate whatever you might have had facing it. Ooh, you can take a Slimer Maggot infestation. That sounds delightful. Ooh, guess guess what one that works with? Hydra. It sure does. <laughs> so Ooh. it looks like there's one um, that's specifically useful for each of the high fleets. So the sides of Tyran I just told you guys about um, is only for behemoth models with scything talons. And then we've got only three or four that aren't specific to their high fleet. So that one I just told you about is only only for uh, high fleet behemoth. For high fleet Hydra, they get the Slimer Magnet infestation. It says Hydra model with two death spitters with Slimer Magnets only. Slimer maggots only. The Slimer maggot infestation replaces the model's two death spitters with Slimer maggots and has the following profile. It's a 24-inch range, assault 6, ooh, strength 7, AP minus 1, D1. It says you can re-roll failed wounds, wound rolls for this weapon. That's pretty nice. Mm-hmm. That's pretty nice indeed. Ooh, Leviathan's good because it's all about bone swords. This one is called Slayer Sabers. So the Slayer Sabers replace the model's monstrous bone swords and have the following profile. They're melee strength user, AP minus 2, D3. But here's where it gets interesting. A model armed with the Slayer Sabers can make one additional attack with them in the fight phase. In addition, if an infantry or biker model suffers damage from this weapon but is not slain, roll a D3 at the end of the fight phase. If the result is greater than the model's number of remaining wounds, it is slain. Yeah, so you just straight up just, just murder people with that one. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. I'm digging that. Oh, this is interesting. So they have something called the Norn Crown. It says, friendly high fleet units do not suffer the penalties to their hit rolls or charge rolls incurred from the instinctive behavior ability while they are within 30 inches of this model. So if you're within 30 inches of your warlord who gets this, 
then you have 30 inches basically of synapse around your warlord. So even if your warlord is not a synapse creature, because I think there are a couple that aren't, um, you can give give your warlord that crown, and then you can carry he can carry around a 30 inch synapse range, which is nice. a lot of space. So old one eye is not synapse, and he is the only one. But uh, a 30 are, inch range on the synapse is nice. Synapse? Yeah. Oh, cool. I. Not paid attention to that, clearly. Yeah, Brood uh, Lords, the Hive Tyrant, the Swarm Lord, the Tyranid Prime, the Neuranthrope, obviously, and the Turvagon are all Synapse creatures. Only Old One-Eye is not. He, But he's too busy being badass with only one eye. Yeah. To, to deal with his Synapse nonsense. But so, yeah, so you can give, you could give any one of them this Norn crown, and they get a 30-inch basically synapse range, which is really cool. 30-inch, that is no joke. It's like half the board. Yep. You place him in the middle of the table, and it's basically the whole board. (laughs) (laughs) That is, yeah, the more I think about that, the more that is really enjoyable. Yeah, you almost never have to worry about your synapse range. Yeah, that's great. You know, except that, you know, you, you could always do the mistake of you set it up so that you only have one HQ. Oh, because no, you got wait, 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 oh. Named characters such as the Swarm Lord, Old One-Eyed, Death Leaper, and the Red Terror cannot be given any of the following bar- bio artifacts. Uh, yeah, they, they already have their own unique mutations. Yeah. But, no. But still, though. Our I brilliant mean... Old One-Eyed plan is destroyed. Well, the question, but do Carnifexes suffer from instinctive behavior? Do Carnifexes? Yeah. No, right, they're so not. Right, so then it doesn't matter. Pretty sure they're not. Well, I in mean, in your, in your, like, anyway. yeah, in your all Carnifex army, it wouldn't matter. Um, at least I don't think that they do. That wouldn't make any sense. No, you just... Mostly it's just the, it's the little swarmy guys yeah. that, yeah, no, they definitely don't. Yeah, it's just the little swarmy guys that, uh, that all have instinctive behavior. Do you guys have any other questions? Hmm. Not really. Like I have a lot of little tiny boring questions that would not be very good for the like for for, for the show, but I'm I'm just really eager to get my own copy so I can check those out. So now that you've looked at the codex, is your is your potential army changing any or is it just you want more stuff? Um now? Well, I think that the High Fleet Hydra really fits nicely in with what kind of stuff I already have. Like, I have lots of little things. Lots of little things. And so, you know, it's it's all sort of built around the swarming instinct kind of idea. Um, so I don't think it's really changing my idea so much as it is reinforcing the good things that I wanted my swarmy army to do. So it's just sort of encouraging me to keep doing what I was already doing. Yeah, yeah, so that's nice. Um, They have some very nice art in here of some warriors in the various color schemes. Um, So we've got uh, Hydra in here with the nice like black and purple kind of deal. Gorgon with the tan and green. Kronos with the red and blue. And then um, 
I think my favorite one of all of these is High Fleet Tiamat, which is this like really pale white skin with these like tealish green carapaces that are I just love it. I just it's great. Interesting. It's I'm not changing my color scheme. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I might. I'm not. But they look really great. They're absolutely my favorite ones in the book. Yeah, hands down, they're my favorite in the book. So, what does um, what are old one eye special rules? Let's find out. Old one eye is great. What a great model! All the way in the back of the book. Old one eye. Old one eye gets an entire page to himself. His data sheet and his cool picture of him being a badass. Um, so old one eye. Um. Interesting, interesting. He does have instinctive behavior. Interesting, interesting. So he himself has instinctive behavior, which I'm a little surprised by. Um, he has, oh, this one I like a lot. Immortal Battering Ram. When Old One-Eye finishes a charge, roll a die, and on a four-up, one enemy unit within one inch suffers D3 mortal wounds. In addition, add one to all hit rolls for Old One-Eye in the fight phase if it charged in the same turn. Because I guess he's super scary. And he's got all those big those big sighting talons. And he has Alpha Leader. You can add one to hit rolls in the fight phase for friendly high feet Carnifex units that are within six inches of this model. Okay. He also has regeneration, so at the beginning of, of each of your turns, he can heal a wound, which is pretty good. I mean, he's got nine, but you know, just to keep him, just to keep yeah. him good. And then, and then his his best roll probably is his Berserker Rampage. Each time you make a hit roll of six plus for old on for old one eye, except for Thresher Scythe attacks, you may immediately make one additional attack with the same weapon against the unit. These additional attacks do not confer extra attacks. Hmm. So basically, he just flips out and just kills everything a little right. bit harder. Which is pretty cool. So a successful hit roll, and he hits on what three plus? Uh, that would be right. Yes, three plus. Um, and he's got five attacks. So you roll five dice. There's a pretty good chance you're going to get at least one six. He's a little bit better. I'm looking at his data sheet, so he's a slightly bit better than uh, or different than his data sheet. He didn't have the bonus to hit rolls when he charged before. Mm. He had ten wounds before. He only has nine now, though. You were saying? Uh, yeah, he's got a nine now. Bummer. Sorry, old one eye. He was ten power before. Uh, or sorry, he was ten power now. Is that what he was? No, he before? was seven before. Okay, so yeah, I mean, they did make him a little yeah. bit better. It sounds like. Um, he costs some amount of points that I can't find because they forgot about him or I don't know how the alphabet works one or the other uh, usually characters are their own separate section in the oh that's right you know yeah that's helpful it's got units and it's got different units he's 200 points oh see so he was only 140 in the index well that includes his weapons yeah, and in he... the index it didn't did it no it it I th well I'm looking at an app so maybe it does maybe it doesn't okay. I don't know, but anyway I don't yeah, that still. That his weapons. I mean, so. that sounds like a reasonable amount of points for what he does. For him being amazing, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty cool with 
that. And then Hive Tyrus with wings are 170 points. That's pretty reasonable. Ripper Swarms are only 11 points? What? <laughs> I have a lot of Ripper Swarm models, so that's that's tempting. Tuned Warriors are 20, 20 a pop. Zoanthropes are 40. Venomthropes are 30. Neurothropes are 70. Ooh, Neurothropes are 70. I think this is going to be a super exciting army to play. And I really like the way that the high fleet keywords are all coming together. Yeah, it's nice that you have the options for the different high fleets now. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. I like how that works a lot. And how they all have their own stratagems and relics as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they needed it. They really did. It'll be interesting to see what kind of armies that we're going to see for uh, Tyranids at Adepticon with the new codex. Really, just in general, because everybody by then, not everybody, but mostly everybody should have a new codex to play with. So we'll see what people mm-hmm. can kind of dream up. Very much looking forward to that. It's going to be a good time. Now, Ashley, are you... So JF obviously going to Adepticon. I'm also going. Ashley, are you going to try and make it if you can? Um, I am not. Oh, no Adepticon. Oh, no. Yeah, it's just not in the cards this year, unfortunately. That's too bad, but... Yeah, I'm pretty bummed about the whole situation. It sucks. But, you know, it's been... It's been a really long year, and i got to pay off my medical bills. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So, you know... Yeah, it makes sense. Well, there goes the the dream of a 40k radio team tournament team again. Someday, oh, yeah. Perhaps the 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 next year after that. Jeff is always locked in to his own team anyway. So. Well, we'll we'll see. Like, I mean, we've been doing this. This is gonna be our eighth year. So. Again, I think a lot of us are kind of running out of steam. So we yeah. we might be looking for fresh blood or just a complete re- refresh. We'll see. There's only so many times you can do this tournament without, like, it's it's not just doing tournaments, like, really just doing the whole painting and everything. Right, right. Put I think at some point team. we wanted, yeah, we, we might want to just take a break for a while. It definitely makes sense. I mean, I'm sure it's it's got to be draining on you guys every year to, to get everything set up and squared away and all done in time and, you know. Yeah, and the, the biggest thing is that it kind of... It's weird because on years where 40K wasn't as exciting, it was easier because that's all we dedicated our year to. Like, there wasn't that many other things, so we just, you know, delved the, you know, completely into the team tournament thing because the rest of the game, there was no incentive to just play games amongst ourselves or less incentive. But with 8th edition, like, I really want to square away my Tyranids, and I want to do more with my Tau and my, my, my add mech. I want to play more games. And that kind of eats up time that I would you know, use to put a 1,000 points of something else together, specifically for one theme for one tournament. Yeah. So, you know. Well, I mean, you guys won Best Army last year, too, so. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere to go from there. Yeah, you can't you can't really top that. Yeah, well, the only thing you can do is just like redo it over and over. And I mean, ever since we've done Adepticon, we've always walked away with at least one, you know, with one, at least one kind of prize. Right. 
So it's it sounds kind of terrible and arrogant, but I it also doesn't feel like we have anything to prove anymore. Like we're fine, we're we're good, and now we just want to have fun when we go to Adepticon. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, you should. Mm, yeah. So we'll, we'll see, but because the the problem is that kind of as, as an event, like I'm saying this because now we're in sort of the, the lowest point. Um, but the moment you walk out of Adepticon, no matter what you've been doing, usually you've had so much fun that you just want to, you're really motivated to do stuff. So Right, you just want to go back and start over again and work on your yep. new army. I get it. So, totally get it. Right now I'm saying, eh, maybe we're done. And maybe like the moment we step out of Adepticon, we'll have like a million different new ideas on things to do and just be annoying with that and be all gung ho. We'll see. Because it's not it's not the first time that mid in the middle of the year, like we're I'm saying that, oh yeah, this might be our last time. Right, right. <laughs> not. It's uh, we we go through these stages every year. Well, you'll be able to catch JF and I at Adepticon. We hope we see you there. Um, Geek Nation Tours, I believe, still has a few spots available, so if you're thinking of going, take a look at that. The event list is up for Adepticon. You can see that so on their website. So exciting. Yeah, you can I see mean, on their website all the... Living vicariously through you is exciting. <laughs> but I... I'm, I'm likely doing wall-to-wall 40K. There's a gentleman event on Thursday, then the friendly on, fr- on uh, Friday, and then team tournament for the rest of the time, so... That's, that's that's what I'm doing. Sounds like a good time. I may try a Shade Spire event. Ooh. There's a big one. There's a 64-player tournament there, so... Damn. Um, anyway, all right, you guys. Uh, please get in touch with us on Facebook or the Free Buddhist Forum. Send us pictures of your tiered army. I know Ashley and Jeff would love to see them. Oh, yes, please do. I'd like to see them as well. I want to... I want to see all the Tyranids. Blue Tyranids, green Tyranids, yellow Tyranids, plaid Tyranids, all of them. Tyranids crushing Space Marines, Tyranids crushing Eldar. Especially Eldar. <laughs> filthy, filthy Eldar, which hopefully Jeff will be doing on Saturday. Um, yeah, and I'll be letting you know what happens with that. Excellent. So uh, check us out on Facebook or the Free Buddhist Forum. Get in touch with us. And you can see our head geek, Terrace, taking his Tyranids up against some Night Lords on Warhammer Live. Uh, check it out on their Twitch channel. And don't forget, if you have a subscription to Amazon Prime, you can get a free month and you can actually check out all their past videos. So please take a moment to check that out. It should be a lot of fun. And we'll talk to you again in a couple weeks. Thank you for listening to 40K Radio, part of the Free Buddhas Network. You can contact us via email at hosts at 40kradio.com or on the Free Buddha's forum. Please check out the other podcasts on the Free Buddha's network. Until next time, remember that in the grim darkness of the far future, there is only war and cookies. <laughs>